Real Estate Journeys, episode 91. Let's get it. Welcome to Real Estate Journeys, here to help you build your cash-flowing real estate empire that you've been dreaming of. This is about real estate investors who have escaped the soul-crushing 9-to-5 rat race by taking action, leveraging relationships, and gaining the financial independence. It's time to stop making excuses and get the insight and knowledge you need to become a successful real estate investor. This is your host, Matthew Baltzell. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Matty B, a.k.a. Matthew Baltzell. Guys, on today's episode, I have on my good friend. His name is Josh Wilson. He's based out of Florida. He is a real estate investor, a broker, and he is the host of the podcast, A Real Estate Show. I think it's a very great podcast, and I highly recommend you guys check it out in the show, lo- or sorry, show notes listed below. So some of the things that we covered today are mindset, how to be a great real estate investor. You need to have the right mindset. Just like anything in life, if you're trying to scale your business or you're trying to develop and have better relationships, you need to either change or have the right mindset. So some of the key things that Josh and I touch on are the drawbacks of the per hour mindset, shedding your old mindset, discovering your niche, judging whether you are a consumer or a producer, and a lot more there for you guys. So before we start, if you find any value in anything that we say in this podcast episode, please click on the link and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It greatly helps with the algorithms, boosting the show, and is much appreciated. But drumroll, please, before we start... I would like to let you guys know that I am officially a proud papa, or pa, as they would say in Thai. On January 28th at 1.15 p.m., I, my wife gave birth to our beautiful child. His name is Maximus Boone Baltzell, and we couldn't be happier. He was about 3.9 kilos, which is about 8.5 pounds, jet black, one-inch hair, uh, chubby little cheeks, and he's a he's a little spitfire guy. So he kept us up the first night. We've been home for two nights now, going on the third night. So as soon as this is released, wish me luck. But as of right now, he's very loving, and we love him so much, and he's already given us so much joy. So I just wanted to share that there with you guys. So with all that said, let's jump in to today's episode, and welcome. Josh to the show. Yo, this is actually cool being on the other side of the microphone because most of the time I'm interviewing people, so I'm a little nervous. No, nah, this is dude, exciting. You should, you should not be nervous. Like I, I've done, I've been there too. You know where you're like, okay, uh, my 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 friend when I was doing like episode like two or three, and I was like, okay, are you ready? And like before I hit record, I heard him go, <sighs> like, this, <laughs> like this long sigh, and I was like, oh my god, like. People are people are nervous for me to interview them. I was like, oh shit. So that no, the Matthew is interviewing me. Of course, I'm nervous. (laughs) Come on, man. Like the David Letterman, D. Matthew Baltel of uh, Real Estate Journeys. How are you doing? Yeah. Well, I'm glad to have you here, brother. How are you doing? Man, I'm awesome. Uh, We're we're building some cool stuff and uh, building another you know show. Building a baby, right? I have two kids and one on the way. So building a lot of stuff in the building stage of my life. 
having great there time. There you go, right? Real real estate, real estate in a overall real estate world, right? Loving it, loving it, loving it. Very cool, man. Well, so people that are unfamiliar with you, can you give us a little bit about your uh, background, real estate, how you got into things, what your what your current focus is right now? Yeah, absolutely. So started in real estate. Um, I actually grew up on a construction site. My dad was in construction. And uh, as we were building, I saw my dad, you know, working really hard. And then, you know, people would drive up, put a sign in the yard. They would drive up in a nice vehicle, an Escalade or, or a Lexus or something like that and put a sign in the yard. And then they would get back in their car on their phone in the AC while I'm digging footers and hanging, you know, floating trusses. And I'm like, what job do they have, dad? And he's like, oh, they're what they call real estate agents. I'm like, I want that. <laughs> so uh, I was probably 18 when I became a real estate agent. My thought was my dad could build it. I could sell it, grow the family business. Uh, I read this little book called uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I was like, this is what we're doing wrong. We're both self-employed. I'm, I'm on the hourly and he's per job, right? So uh, I got into real estate really young. Um, I found that uh, working in the family had, had its fun challenges. And uh, I wound up, you know, connecting and uh, bringing investors together. I found a niche for it. I was valley parking, you know, uh, trying to make some extra beer money for for college, and doing real estate during the day. And and one day I met a, an investor, introduced him to my dad, and then we started building multifamily units across Central Florida. So uh, I found a knack for kind of working with investors and and bringing them to the the right people, which is funny because that's exactly what I'm doing now. So. Uh, so I've been in, in real estate uh, a long time. 2007, uh, I was sitting on about 40 spec homes, uh, speculation. Mm. And uh, when the market crashed on me, it, it really hurt me, hit my identity, uh, had to reset in life, had to reset my mindset. And it, it took a while. And I ran away from real estate for a little bit and uh, got back in. And uh, I guess the rest is what we'll be chatting about on the show. What happened uh, What happened to those spec homes? Oh, gosh. So... Um, a lot of them just sat empty because what we were doing, I was really young and, and a lot of us were really young and we just thought the market was going to continue to to go up, right? The the multifamily yeah. units that we built, you know, duplex, triplex, quads and such like that, we built, you know, three and a half million dollars worth of them. Uh, those did fine. Those those sustained. The spec houses um, wound up just sitting empty, a lot of them. And, you know, we had to foreclose on on some, we had to give some back, you know, to the bank and and um, you know, people would try to sell them, and you know, our investors would try to get out. But it, it really, it really hurt us, and it and it hurt you know a lot of people across the whole industry. We just thought the market was always going to go up mm. naively, you know. And when you when you got when you started uh, when you started in real estate, what what state were you in? In Florida, yeah. In Florida, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, Florida Florida is a good uh, friendly to uh, real estate investors, so we like that. We like that. Yeah. So I, I I'm I'm very curious. You know, you've had a, a long career and, you know, you've been in the state of Florida and you've been linking with investors. Is there some trends that you've noticed that make a good real estate investor with like broker dealer relations? Like when you're like, this guy, this guy's serious. I like this guy. He's, you know, he's efficient. Is there something that you can kind of speak on that you kind of noticed? Yeah. After working with a bunch of investors, a bunch of different brokers, uh, just a bunch of people, I, I think ecosystem is the most important thing. Like who is your community? So an investor, or here's what I've seen. I've seen people like my my father who try to do everything themselves, right? They, they come from an age where, oh, I could paint and I could save money there, or I can manage the properties and I could save money there. And every, you know, like really focused on saving. And, and that to me 
saving is kind of like a scarcity mindset. Whereas really successful investors and you know me and my family we we grew past some of that but on the other side we saw uh people who would really focus in on their specialty on their niche what they bring the most value and they would grow and they had no problem paying top dollar for great talent right so this is mm. what i see great investors do versus just normal investors people who like when i've worked with like billionaires what they do really well or really wealthy individuals you know centimillionaires and they focus on their value and then they build an ecosystem of deal makers of people to protect their money people to um you know manage their finances manage everything right so the, all they have to do is focus on what is the most valuable that's what i find great investors do is they build an ecosystem around them and they really focus on the strengths of other people mm, i love that i want to i want to dive a little deeper on this so a lot of times we inherit our our parents' ideals of money, right? So even my, even myself, like when you say that, I like struggle with that at times too. I'm like, dude, I, I'm I'm there sometimes. Like I can do that. I don't care if it's gonna take me two hours, right? Like I'm in the process of setting up a like like I told you earlier, we're moving into a house, right? And we have IKEA dropping furniture off, and I was like, babe, who's gonna who's gonna be setting this up? She's like, you are. I was like, no, I'm not setting up the bed. Setting up this, I'm like, how much does it cost to pay for something like this? I don't want to spend three, four hours doing this. Like, my time's way more valuable. So, you know, when we inherit these ideals from our parents and like, oh, I can save money, I can save money. Did you find that you did that as well, or were you able to shed that, or were you able to like, you know, kind of like blend with working with these billionaires and others, centennial, uh, centennial, centimillionaires? I don't know, <laughs> centimillionaires. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Whoa. All right. There we go. And so like, <laughs> you know, were, were you able to learn from them and kind of like the rich dad, poor dad mentality? Like, okay, I took from my dad, but I had some mentors or uh, how, did, how, how could somebody go about doing that? Man, I, I would say that I am on the path of learning and evolving through that myself. Like last night, I, I watched a few shows. One show uh, is on Netflix and it's called The Laundry. Uh, I think it's called The Laundry Mat. It's with Antonio Banderas. It's a really great show that kind of unfolds uh, some of the 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 things that have happened in the past, like around 2016, when a lot of banks failed and when a lot of uh, people were caught up in shell companies and such. It's a really great show. But after watching that, I, I, I journaled. I, I, I took out... <laughs> I was looking for paper and I actually had to you know steal some paper from my... Uh, first grade daughter, you know, like, but I, I, I journaled and I wrote my relationship with money needs to mature a little bit because even when I'm hiring someone, I'm thinking in my head, how much per hour? And I, I got to break out of that because if I don't break out of that hours equal dollars mindset, I'm never going to delegate things out more in my life, right? Like, so should I be mowing the lawn? Should I be, uh, doing laundry should i you know should i just even on simple things like that right and in this mindset that my parents have you know passed on to me and that i've just adopted due to some you know rough times and maybe scarcity mindset is i can do this and i could save rather than i could focus and i could create right saving versus creating an abundance the two totally separate things and i just spent my life you know focus on on more of saving things and what happens is it hinders mm. you. So even man, even right now, like I am evolving to more focus on creating, investing, becoming even in my mindset, even in my life, becoming more of the investor 
and stepping away from the more of the um the manager mm. or the 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 doer or the executor i just yeah i'm, I'm not good at it i'm just not yeah yeah it's interesting it's interesting that you say that you know because i actually had the thought the other day like are you consuming or are you producing right like like simple like economics like which one are you and let's say you're you're having that scarcity mindset of the per hour right and then you're thinking okay I'm saving here. Should I hire them? Should I not hire them? Should I do this? Should I do this? Right. Your brain power is already being consumed as opposed to, you know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're, you're battling with this struggle for two days, a week, whatever. It's looming, consuming your time as opposed to being like an executive boss, making a decision. This is what I'm paying you. I'm moving on. And now I'm going to go, whatever, produce my podcast and go where like my money making really is as opposed to, like, did you really save that eighteen dollars that you planned on doing? That's very, it's very, it's very interesting. Yeah, you spent two hours, but you saved eighteen bucks. Good job, you know. Like, <laughs> if you, you know, if you, if you, if you make over hundred k, you know, like your 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 hours are worth over hundred bucks. So, like, like you just lost money saving money. We're stepping over dollar bills, to, yeah. you know, to pick up pennies. And uh, yeah. I, I love that. What you asked: Are you consuming or producing? And, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's just so important for you ask the question is like, what's important for like people who are becoming investors and in, you know, your show, which by the way, your show, the real estate journey, I have music envy. You have great music in your show. Like your intro is like badass. Like mine, I'm like whistling dude. and it's like, ha- yours is like, dude, we're going to get down to business with your boy, Matt B. I, I love it. I got music envy. I- you do, dude, but the thing is, I was thinking about thinking about changing, right? And like the thing I, about my podcast was, I hated with a passion, right? I hated with a passion the people that had like the church bell jingles, right? And they're like, "Are you going to live to create passive income? Well, join me <laughs> on real estate passive income for the rich dad, poor dad tribe." And I'm your host, Jack. I'm like. Oh my God. <laughs> like, do not. I'm asleep. So I don't know. I was like, I was, I, my, <laughs> I guess we're getting off topic. Yeah, I like your music. For people that are listening, for people that are listening here. So the, the NW, remember like NWA, they had the, they had the song where they're like, you're now listening to the strength of street knowledge. And I was like, and then they go into the beat. I was like, dude, that is solid. And then Ed Milet, Ed Milet show. He's like, he's like, I, th- I forget how it goes. I haven't listened to it in a long time, but Ed Milet's like, this is the Ed Milet show. And I was like, dude, this is a NWA Ed Milet hybrid. I'm going. You went for it, man. And like, I was like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Crazy. So, so all right. Off the intros. <laughs> off the intros. Um, how can people go about... So we're talking about ecosystems and you know, not basically doing all the work yourselves. Obviously, you're going to want to develop broker relations. So if you're a first-time investor and you're looking to maybe get into multifamily, you want to start getting into bigger units, or maybe you want to start flick, fixing and flipping homes or whatever whatever it is you want to do, how, what would you recommend to somebody to develop broker relation if you want to be a successful investor? Yeah. So pick your niche, right? So like, you know, you're going to fix and flip, you're going to go multifamily, you're going to go value add, you're going to whatever, whatever part in real estate. The, the thing about real estate is it's so cool because you could do so much. Do something that fits your lifestyle, that fits your vision of your family, right? Do, pick your niche, right? Once you pick your niche, find a broker who specializes in that niche, right? 
So first pick what you want, not what your dad wanted, not what your mom wanted, not, not what your neighbors want, not what you think is cool. Like pick what you want. Like you're like, wow, I'm really excited about that. When I drive around apartments, I see so much value, things that they're not doing that don't cost much. Or when I drive by an old house, I'm like, man, I could really fix that up. Do something that interests you because then you're going to do it better rather than just like focusing mm-hmm. on, you know, this has a great return. Well, Great returns, you know, start to lose their. It's the law of diminishing marginal return. It'll it'll mm-hmm. it'll stop producing that joy. But if you find something that you're actually curious about, that you're having fun doing, the return is great. But the the benefit that you get from doing it is good. So pick your niche, then pick someone. Start picking people that specialize in that niche, and then hang out with that niche, hang out with that community, and start having fun with that community. Mm. Right. That that's how 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 would you find like let's say. Um, you know, I, I don't know for me, like, I think it's like what you're saying is very practical. Yeah. Right. But let's say I'm hearing this and I'm saying like, okay, like multifamily, I just find somebody on multifamily. I reach out to that broker. But like, what if I want to find a wholesaler? Right. I mean, I don't specialize in wholesaling, but I'm just, you know, appeasing people that might be listening to this. Like if I wanted to find somebody that's specializing in wholesaling as a residential, uh, broker, like how do you find these people? Yeah. So if, if you want to get in wholesale, which is, you know, pretty much finding off market properties. So properties that are distressed, the three D's, you know, death, divorce, and debt, right? You're finding a situation where someone could use some help and they need out fast. That's where wholesalers add a lot of value to the community, right? So if you're in that situation, you got, I got a little bit of money. I got a self-directed IRA. I'd like to pick up a house wholesale, you know, like maybe even secure it and sell the contract or. I'd like to get in it myself, right? So if that's your thing, I'd recommend two routes to find opportunity because now you're looking for opportunity. One, those signs that say, I buy houses cash, start calling all of them and getting their name, their phone number, what kind of houses they're looking for and what kind of houses they currently have, right? So you could say, this is my situation. I'm looking for some houses or I'm looking to sell some houses that I find, right? So start calling all of those bandit signs. Every time I drive by, I start calling it. Now that our state is hands-free, I have to set a voice memo or something like that. So do that. Then go to freaking LinkedIn and type in your area, real estate agent or broker, wholesale or investor, right? So type in that in a search and just reach out to them. Say, hey, I want to become a real estate investor and be serious about this. Like I have X amount of dollars that I'm looking to invest in real estate, getting into fix and flips or getting into this or getting into that. And just let them know, I need some help. Could I buy you some coffee? And then I'd recommend buying a, getting in a mastermind, getting in some type of group that focuses, and you can find it on meetup.com or, or Facebook group. Find a group near you focused on what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? These aren't your competition. These are your companions. These people are going to help you because there's more deals than there are people that can process them. So don't worry about the competition. Mm. Just get in it. Yeah. And I think a lot of the things you're saying here too, like I'm, I'm hearing you say all this, this is applicable to multifamily yeah. as well. You know, like if you're, if you're speaking, uh, I mean, not, not as much as, as far as like the 100, 200 units, but like, if you, you know, are speaking with somebody that's wanting to, you know, their investment criteria and you maybe want to be just like them. Right. And they're like, Oh, this is my investment criteria. We're looking for 50 units, uh, B class property, Orlando MSA, blah, 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 blah. That cool. Noted. Awesome. Would you be open to opportunities of, you know, whatever, me getting a percentage of the acquisition fee if I were to find you a deal? Okay. Boom. You know, then, I mean, everybody's 
hunting for deals right now. So if you were to come across a deal that fit my investment criteria, I would not shun you away by any means. I would definitely keep you open. So for people out there that are listening to this, not only is that applicable for wholesaling, but you know, multifamily as well, as far as adding value where you can. And like you said, joining the masterminds and you know, learning and acquiring knowledge and really adding value. I think that's very important for people to hear. Yeah. And and the beautiful thing about like these kind of deals in commercial or an in investment space, they're big deals, right? So the pie can be cut up many different ways and and it can be shared. So even if your competition is doing something, right? And I don't believe in competition, but you could work with them and just a small piece of a big pie is amazing and they get to do all the work. That's what mm-hmm. I love. Yeah. And the thing is too, you also get like experience, you get the knowledge and you're on the team. Like you're there, right? I mean, Michael Jordan didn't win all those championships by himself. Like there's an 11 man roster and they're like, look at my ring, Blake ups. Like you're like, yeah, dude, that's so cool. You know, you don't have to be the main guy taking down the deal. You could be a capital raiser. You know, you can be an underwriter. You can be whatever. You can be the real estate agent. That's part of the team. Like they win too. They want, they want you to close the properties. Like Josh wants you to close properties. Josh gets paid. You get money. Everybody is paid. Sellers happy. Buyers happy. Everybody's happy. Yeah. And and in these Very deals, cool. everyone wants it to close. So it's a team sport. Yep. Everyone on both sides want that wants that deal to close. So everybody's trying to figure out how to make it work. Once it's on paper, mm. everybody's trying to figure out how to make it work. It's synergy. It's a team sport. It's fun. Yeah, and I like how you're saying a team sport too because. You know, you want to you want to have a good team, right? So you, like I was saying, you can have the realtor, you can have your lawyer, you can have your accountant, your CPA, blah blah blah. The list goes on and on. Your banker, right? So everybody's gonna have your team, and I I, I hear a lot of new people that are like, I need my team, and they think it's like a checklist, right? Like I'm gonna go to this banker and say, Hey, do you want to be on Team Matthew Baltzell? I'm recruiting. Okay, check. Like I got this guy. Uh, do I have my CPA? Hey, CPA, like, what is your fee? Awesome. Check. And it's kind of like a very, uh, like, I don't know how to say it. That's a very um, simple way to go about doing it. Right. But that's not necessarily how it evolves. Like once you get in, you see, like, I don't talk to this guy every single day, but he's like part of my team. And then they want you to close. And the thing is your reputation and your team's reputation or your brand's reputation that's very crucial as well because if you have jo- Josh uh, Josh Wales of Florida LLC and you retrade a deal and you can't close on a property, it's like now your team can be in shambles. So I think it's very important to have a team and like you're saying, have all this synergy. What are you saying? You're saying yeah, synergy. synergy. Right? Everybody's playing together. Yeah, everybody's playing together. Everybody's playing together. Very cool. And do you find that a lot of, uh, do you work with a lot of out-of-state investors or do you work with mainly uh, in-state yeah, investors? No, we, we work with people um, across the US. I mean, even like some foreign, but like it's easier to work with money inside the US, work with capital partners and investors. Um, in plus time zone difference, right? It's 10, 10.30 my time and it's you know, it's it's much later on. on 9.33 PM my time. Right. So <laughs> it's easier and sometimes easier is, yep. is a good choice as you're getting started. Choose what's easy. Uh, choose what's mm-hmm. what produces fruit. But um, I find it's a little bit easier starting with uh, local money first. Mm. Love it. Always leading with value. Look at you, just 
Killing it. Killing it. Very cool. Awesome. Well, I want to close it out with the final three closing questions. First question is, what is your favorite book to regift? Favorite book to regift. So if it's to um, a group, if it's to an entrepreneur, it's probably Rocket Fuel. Uh, it's a book that kind mm. of uh, looks at your, your personality, how you approach problems, how you approach uh, thinking, and it's broken into visionary, integrator. It's good to know your place and to know your identity and the value that you bring. So it's a good start, and then you know, um, and then it talks, you know, goes into the EOS system and such like that. But Rocket Fuel's a good book to help people identify the value they bring in the business world. Mm. What's the second book? Uh, so if if for for married couple, newly married, or even experienced, uh, it's a book called Love and Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it, listening. Go it's on. A book, go it's on. a book called uh, Love and Respect. It, it saved my marriage. Uh, I think, especially entrepreneurs, investors, it's very important to have uh, the the most important partnership you'll ever have is in your marriage. And it doesn't matter how strong your business tact is. It doesn't matter how great of a business person you are. If your marriage is falling apart, it is hard to stay focused. It's hard to drag a spouse along while you're building. So this book, Love and Respect, it really talks about like the needs of a man and needs of a woman. And you know, it goes far beyond like sex and security and such like that. But it just talks about like what is truly needed. And and it, like I said, it saved my marriage. Um, and it just helps to when you're both aligned. There's 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 principles that have been built into the universe that when people are synergistically focused on something, you have an exponential outcome. One plus one equals three. I know that that's been said before, but it's so important if you're in a relationship or if you're thinking about getting into a relationship that you guys are both heading the right direction because dragging someone, it just doesn't work. So that's the second book that I uh, have most gifted out into this universe. Mm. Mm. I mean, I'm I'm one year into my marriage. I think I'm doing okay, but I could see where this is going to be very valuable. Regardless, yeah. everybody, two must reads: Rocket Fuel and Love and Respect by Eggrich Eggharts. Weirdest name ever. There we or go. Something like that. There we go. Yeah. Right. Okay. Second question is: What is a pain point or weakness you face right now in your business? Yeah. My, one of my weaknesses is I I one of the first things that we talked about was picking your niche and focus. I start to see things, and I'm a visionary. Right, so I see I see an opportunity, and then I see ten years down the line the bigger opportunity that it becomes. So I start I start getting distracted. So one of my the hardest thing for me is what can I remove from my life, and what could I remove from my focus so I could focus in on the 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 first step, right? So that mm. that's one of my pain points. Luckily, I have a good team that really helps me focus. We have a CFO, and we have we have people like a you know a chief operation officer. So they they go. Does this help us accomplish our mission? Does it fit within our investment thesis or our hypothesis or whatever? So like focus for me and like seeing the big picture is probably a, a strength and a, a weakness. Mm. Okay. All right. I feel you on that. All right. Third question is, if you were to live abroad anywhere for one year, where would you live and why? Yeah, I, I think I would love to live in like Africa where... Africa, where I I don't know exactly, so I haven't spent uh, yeah, I haven't spent a lot of time <laughs> playing in the south. But like I love me and my kids, we'll sit on the couch and we'll watch like animal shows, and just like seeing like the lions and the the wildlife and the the desert, and then the the beautiful like waterfalls. And I'm like, man, that would be that would be cool to unplug from technology. And live in a tree house or something. I mean, <laughs> the likelihood of that happening, dude, that is crazy. Wouldn't that be fun? 
That's crazy. Dude, as I'm hearing that, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, here's waterfalls, zebras, lions. I'm like, wait, are you like living in a <laughs> hut with like a stick? Maybe. Like, dude, nuts. Yeah. Nuts. Very cool. Yeah. I, I'm, I feel you, brother. If you if you go, like, uh, I'll send you a postcard. Send me. Send, we'll, 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 we'll we'll record we'll record it. And we'll record a second episode. Yeah, that'd be yeah. kind of cool. Very cool. And and what's the best way to for people to get a hold of you, Josh? Yeah, LinkedIn is is the easiest. You know, I've got I probably have like ten different email addresses, and my inbox just gets to the point where I just want to ignore it for a while. But uh, LinkedIn is my you know, part of my ecosystem. So um, I'm always looking to connect with people who are looking, you know, who are deal makers, especially in the real estate world, right? So software, tech, investors, funders, uh, operators, you know, that that ecosystem, these are my people. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'll make sure to include that in the show notes there for you. Josh, thank you very much for being on the show. And we'll catch on the next go around, my friend. See you later, buddy. Hey guys, congratulations on listening to the whole episode so far. But now I want you to take it one step further. Please head on over to MatthewBaltzell.com forward slash discover to schedule a free 15-minute call with me and tell me about what is a pain point you're facing right now in real estate and I'll create an episode around that there for you. Peace.